Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Come on! Suddenly there came a sound of rushing mighty wind The Holy Ghost began to be poured out upon all men <laughs> This is there Spoken by the prophet Joel This is there Spoken by the prophet Joel In the last days I pour out my spirit Saying the Lord tired of that song this is that by the timothy spell good to have you with us tonight on the tell it like it is radio show of course that's our transition music from cbs news on this local radio station to 
the Tell It Like It Is show, and we do that every week, and sometime during that transition, Holy Ghost Radio picks us up. We're glad to have you with, with us tonight. I am honored that you would list, listen to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. You can text me tonight and let me know you're less, listening, 701-290-7862. Email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We have a lot of people that have texted me early tonight to let me know that they're listening. And so that is great, and I'll probably read off some of their names in just a little bit. But we have, I just want uh, you that are listening, new listeners, uh, just let me know. Give me a shout-out that you're listening, 701-290-7862 or robertsimons58 at gmail.com. We've got, uh, I think, Brother Griffith wins the award for the first text of the evening. Let's see, he must have came in at like 7 o'clock about an hour ago. Brother Griffith from Great Falls. Uh, we've got the Lunas listening, and Annabelle and Cedric are listening tonight. So um, good to have you guys with us, faithful listeners. We've got Brother Johnson listening. listening. He had to, um, he, uh, he said he had to miss last week, but uh, I hope you have a doctor's note or something, Brother Johnson, for missing last week, but he's listening today. Got my good friend Carl listening in Michigan. He always encourages me. Uh, we've got uh, Miles and Sierra listening tonight, and they are uh, they're on a walk together. That sounds romantic. So there must be their kids not listening, but they're out listening tonight on a walk. Hope you're blasting it really loud so all the neighbors can hear. But if their kids are listening, hello to Ella, Nolan, Caleb, Autumn, and Hunter. We've got... Um, Jody listening in Harvey, James and Jody, uh, Malachi, Skyly, Evely listening. Nathaniel's listening up in in uh, Park River, North Dakota. We've got Sister Brett's and Jody listening down somewhere in Oklahoma City and somewhere in that area. We've got uh, Ben Yoder listening out in Pennsylvania. I'm coming out to see you, Ben. Where are we going to go out there to your church dedication? We've got... Um, We've got uh, Yvonne, Sister Yvonne, Sister Marin listening in Bowman. Um, no, I don't. did not. Uh, Brother Luna said, did you bring your guitar tonight? I did not bring my guitar tonight. Kind of wished I would have, but I just didn't. Text You can text be part of Okay, I'm going to quit doing the shout-outs here, but 701-290-7862. And if you don't want me to read your name on the air, I won't. But we will um, be glad to have you text me. And if you don't want me to call you or text you back that's fine too but just let me let know you're listening uh, we are um, coming live today this october what is it the 23rd from the studios of kdix dickinson north dakota and this is where our church is that i pastor the new life pentecostal church 501 elks drive dickinson north dakota and we are having some amazing things happen at our church just um uh, it's probably um it would take a lot of the program just to talk about some of it, but uh, we've just today we had a young man come back to church, and and he's been away for a couple of years. That was such a we were so rejoicing to see that we've got um, all kinds of new people coming, just incredible, um, and and some that are just so hungry for God. It's an encouragement to me, and I believe I really believe that God wants to clean up His church in this very last day, so that to make room for the millions of people 
that will fill it just before he comes back. Now, I don't, I'm not saying millions right here in Dickinson, because there aren't millions that live here. But I'd sure like to see us do our part of those millions of people that I believe are going to come to this Acts 238 message of true repentance, true surrender to God, being baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit just like they did on the day of Pentecost. Well, I will probably be looking at my phone um, the uh, as I go along just to see if any others are, are chiming in. But tonight, I've got some music, some music lined up. Uh, maybe play some music by the Dunaways tonight. I'll do some of that. That's a Pentecostal group. Uh, it looks like a dad, a mom, and a daughter. And they um, they sing some songs that I really like, my wife really likes. I want to turn your attention tonight to, to the book of Numbers. And I'm going to speak about something that I spoke about in our church service today. And maybe maybe come across it with a little different twist on the radio. But in Numbers 15 and 22, it says, And if you have erred and not observed all these commandments which the Lord hath spoken unto Moses, Moses, even all that the Lord hath commanded you by the hand of Moses, from the day that the Lord commanded Moses and henceforth among your generations, then it shall be, if aught be committed by ignorance, without the knowledge of the congregation, that all the congregation shall offer one young bullock for a burnt offering, for a sweet savor unto the Lord with his meat offering and his drink offering, according to the manner, and one kid of the goats for a sin offering. And the priest shall make an atonement for all the congregation of the children of Israel, and it shall be forgiven them, for it is ignorance, and they shall bring it their offering, and they shall bring their offering a sacrifice made by fire unto the Lord and their sin offering before the Lord for their ignorance. And it shall be forgiven all the congregation of the children of Israel and the stranger that sojourneth among them, seeing all the people were in ignorance. And then I want you to just continue to listen. It says, And if any soul shall sin through ignorance, then he shall bring a she-goat of the first year for a sin offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for the soul that sinneth ignorantly when he sinneth by ignorance before the Lord to make an atonement for him, and that shall be forgiven him. You shall have one law for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him that is born among the children of Israel and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. But the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because he has despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall be utterly cut off, his iniquity shall be upon him. And I'll just stop reading there. These verses, um, we see a difference in handling people that, the whole nation and even individuals that sin through ignorance, or if I could even say forgetfulness, um, sin through, uh, you know, just not paying attention, uh, you know, sin through, uh, it's not a willful sin, it's just a, um, you know, just a laziness, um, those type of things, versus the type of a presumptuous sin. And we're going to get into that, what that exactly is. Now, our country has, in in a many areas and in many people, has walked away from the ways of God. And, and in many cases, they are sinning ignorantly, they are forgetting the ways of God, they're not 
taking it serious. And um, also, this will be applied to individuals, too. So, you know, and I'll just move back and forth tonight, but our country is in a lot of trouble because of this. We have, we don't care what God thinks as a country. Uh, We don't care what his word says. And I'm not talking about a theocracy here where we're going to rule the country by the Bible. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about governing people using the word of God. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is that the country, including many of our elected leaders, have have forgotten the ways of God. And there is a reckoning because of that. And we need as a nation, not as a government, but as people, we need to one by one and group by group and family by family start coming back to God. Because if we don't, um, the handwriting's on the wall because every other country that's ever turned their back on God has never lasted. So let me just say that right off the bat here, that that our country is only going to be good and strong as long as it stays close to the truth and the ways of God. Now, I want to talk about this difference between sinning ignorantly or forgetfully versus presumptuously. Now, let me just tell you that in even in my text, that just because you don't know that you're sinning doesn't mean you're off the hook. It's not going to be a good excuse at the when you stand before God that you did not know. Uh, the question God will ask is, why didn't you want to know? Because I would have definitely shown you. The Bible says that the first step to God is faith. That's to believe that he is. And the second step is to believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, Hebrews 11 and 6. And so if you don't even care to know God or to know what he thinks, and then you're going to use some kind of an idea that you are ignorant and hope it's an excuse, it's no excuse, because why aren't you asking? God is into anybody that will ask him what to do, what their next step is. God is... I mean, he'll drop everything if I can put it that way. Of course, God doesn't have to drop anything. But if I can put it this way, God will drop everything to help somebody that really wants to know what to do. I know I did a program a while back about willful ignorance. In other words, you just willfully will not learn the ways of God, hoping that somehow you'll be off the hook. But even though in this Numbers 15 the people sinned ignorantly, didn't realize their failure, um, what they did was still a sin, and it had to be dealt with. The I don't know, or I didn't know, is not going to get you anywhere with God on the day of judgment. And notice in, in Numbers 15, the sinners, whether they sinned ignorantly or not, they had to come to God by his appointed way, so he could forgive them and restore them to fellowship and blessing. See, this idea that that um, that we can just make up our own way to come to God, many roads that go to heaven, Pastor Bob, no, there are not. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father but by me. There's only one road that goes to heaven, and it's a narrow road. 
Now, there are many personal paths of how we found that road. But there's only one road to heaven. And so, sometimes we sin against the Lord by what we do. Sometimes we sin against the Lord by what we don't do. James 4.17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. And sins of ignorance aren't automatically forgiven just because we un, you know, kind of unintentionally forgot God's commands. You know, this, um, these sins need to be confessed to the Lord just the same as the sins, the sins of omission, you know, like the things that we didn't do. They need to be confessed to the Lord just as well as the sins of commission, the things that we do do. And, and I mentioned in our church service today the fact that God forgives sins of omission doesn't mean he's easy on sin because blood still had to be shed for these sins. And so ignorance will not justify those who might have not known the Lord's will and, and, and didn't do it. Sticking your head in the sand will not work. You know, one of the reasons people quit coming to church is because it's getting too close to home. They realize that they're wrong, but they don't want to make any changes. Now, I'm going to say this carefully, but quitting coming to church for that reason is not... It's sad you'll still be lost. But to sit there and hear the commands of God and not do anything about it, that's just plain scary. If I wasn't going to serve God, I wouldn't go to church. Now, if I was struggling with temptation, if I was if I was uh, barely keeping my head above the, the water spiritually, but I wanted to serve God, I you couldn't keep me away from church just like you can now. But if I was not going to do what God said, and I knew I wasn't going to do it, coming to church at that point can hurt you. Because you can become hardened. You can you can become jaded. Now, I'm not telling anybody to quit coming to church. What I'm saying is, you need to get you need to soften your spirit towards God. Because the sin of ignorance doesn't work very long. Once he fills you in, you've got to do what he says. And and this is might sound amazing to you, but just like just like when Stephen was preaching in Acts chapter seven and the people plugged their ears, they didn't want to hear it anymore. I have people in my life over the years that have refused, they refuse to meet with me, to talk with me. You know, I, I've reached out to them, and they won't talk to me. They won't talk to me many times because they don't. They know what the, what what I'm going to say, but they don't want to hear it. Now, Jesus talked about the sin of ignorance when when he was on the cross. He prayed for the people that had him crucified, and they he said, "Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do." 
even these religious leaders that were so religious and so Jewish, Jesus said, they, just because you're religious doesn't mean you're not committing sins of ignorance. You might be ignorantly serving God and not even know how to serve God because you're in some kind of tradition that's not biblical. It's twisted. They've, they've taken the scriptures and twisted them. For instance, baptism. The Bible clearly teaches that baptism, New Testament baptism, is by dunking you under the water, and it's for people that have already repented and, and believed. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. You know, you, you've got to, you can't be baptized unless you believe, and you can't believe when you're eight days old. So there are churches in this city in Dickinson that have twisted the Scripture, and people through ignorance are doing this. They're not bad people, but it doesn't get us off the hook. And when Jesus said, Father, forgive them, they know not what they're doing, he was talking about religious people. Now, Paul even seemed to allude to the, a law concerning the sins of ignorance in 1 Timothy 1.13 when he said, I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly and in, and in unbelief. Like I didn't. Paul was persecuting the Christians. He thought it was a false religion that was trying to corrupt the true Jewish religion, and because of that, he was having Christians arrest, arrested and jailed, maybe even killed. And he said that I did it in ignorance. Okay, so that's point number one. Let me just let me play a quick song here. This is one of my favorite. Newer songs, it's not that new, but but um, it's called The Muddy Mississippi by the Dunaways. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. I'll get to that song in just a second here. There we go. Here we are. As the devil's right hand Cussed like a sailor Always looking for a fight Rumor was he stole the boy Truck that he tied Scared the congregation One Sunday in May When he ran up to the altar And they heard Billy say Take me to the river Wash me clean Let my sins drift down to New Orleans Out into the middle Of the Gulf of Mexico Where they'll be forgotten Headed out the door Everybody followed all the way to the shore In the back of our minds While we stood there and prayed We were waiting for the color of the water to change But it never did It was as filthy as him He popped up out of the water And he said it again Take me to the river Wash me clean Let my sins drift down to New Orleans Made the 
Mississippi by the Dunaways. This is Pastor Bob Simons, the Tell It Like It Is show. Luke and Becky are listening tonight. We um, glad to have them tuning in. If you want to be part of this pro- program, text me tonight, 701-290-7862. We've got um, maybe play some more um, Dunaways stuff here. If I get a chance, we are talking about the concept of in Numbers 15, about the difference between the sins of ignorance, the sins of forgetfulness, sandwiched in between the two, or the sin, excuse me, the sin, sins of presumption, uh, sandwiched in between the two, it, it says God expects the same, he expected the same from the Jewish people and from the people that lived among them, the, the, the new people, the strangers. Verse 29 says, you shall have one law, for him that sinneth through ignorance, both for him and that is born among the children of Israel, and for the stranger that sojourneth among them. God's law applies to all of those uh, who are new and those who are that were born going into a Pentecostal church and to those that are brand new just coming out of our prison ministry like we had today. Uh, we have... Um, we've got... Uh, just we've got some neat. I mentioned to start the program. We've got some neat things co- going on. We've got we've got some very active jail and prison ministries, and we have people that we've met there that are in attendance at church. And uh, it is just, I mean, if you want to come to an exciting church, uh, come to our church, five hundred one Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota, the New Life Pentecostal Church. We've got it's an exciting place. Um, you not you never know what's going to happen. I never know what's going to happen. We've got wonderful worship. We've got great people, uh, and we've got a billion kids that, well, lots of kids that go there, not a billion. But we also have a lot of new people. God is bringing people to know God's law, and I found out they love it. The new people um, can handle the preaching of the Word of God because they want it's straight. They want it to be told to them. What must I do to be saved? And and uh, and it's certainly lit a fire under me as a as a pastor and as predominantly as the main speaker at our church. We certainly have other people preach and speak and and visiting speakers and so on. But I certainly, as a pastor, I am the pastor teacher of the church, and I take that responsibility pretty seriously. Uh, try to put a lot of time into it. Even this morning, I was over there early because I just wanted to make sure that I had a a, a grasp of this numbers fifteen, and um and I love doing it. Actually, I love that time I get to study the Word of God as a pastor, just to share it with others. It's probably one of the major blessings of my life because it forces me to dig into the Word of God deep, and I love it. But God is bringing new people to our church. 
he's and he's um, and these new people are they many of them have been living ignorantly of the word of God. Now here again, that doesn't mean you're going to heaven because you were ignorant. Ignorance of the law is not an excuse for breaking the law. But when they come to God and I see them want to change, and I and I see them not fight against the word of God or the preaching of the word of God, it's just so cool to me to see that. So whether you are brand new coming to God tonight or you've come from a long tradition of people that have known the truth, it's one rule for both sets of people. One rule. Obey God. When he shows you what to do, do it, and be asking him what to do next. You know, obey God. There's no excuse for somebody that's new for God to say, I don't know, and there's no excuse for somebody that's been living for God for a while to not obey God. Sometimes people that have been around Pentecostal churches for a while, I don't know if they start thinking that it's somehow like it's a genetic thing, like you got it, like your your grandpa was saved, your mom was saved, and now you're supposed to be saved. But we know that doesn't work. Being born again is a personal experience. You can't, you know, I always say I've got something that God doesn't have. I've got grandkids. God has no grandchildren. All he's got is sons and daughters. That's it. You've got to be born into this thing spiritually of the water and of the spirit. And so there's no there's no um, excuses. You know, that's why it's interesting to me sometimes when I see brand new people come to God and get rid of their TV sets, but there's other people that have been living for God for a while that are buying them. Well, what's going on with that? Moses said it's the same law for the stranger and for for the children of Israel. Now, they didn't have, neither one of them had TV sets. It's a good reason we shouldn't have one. <laughs> well, they, of course, you know they weren't invented back then. But what is the deal? Should be the longer you serve God, the more into holiness you are and the less into worldliness you are. But even when you first come to God... See, that's why, like on Wednesday nights, I'm teaching a series on Pentecostal standards of holiness. And I'm hoping for visitors to be there. I'm hoping for the stranger, according to these verses in Numbers 15. I want the stranger to show up and hear what God has to say, and they are showing up, and it's amazing what's happening. I heard old brother Puckett one time, that's uh, David Puckett's dad, old old pastor up in Williston, North Dakota. He's he's retired up there. But I heard him say one time, get in, get out, or get run over. <laughs> and I don't want anybody to get out. Don't 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 get out and say that I told you to. Don't get out, but just get in. Get in. You know th- this uh, when gro- when God shows us, we need to we need to take care of it, whatever it is. And and here again, you can be 
You can have this excuse, well, I'm so new, I just don't understand. Well, that, that sounds right, but the things of God are not complicated. In fact, the things of God are not complicated at all. You know, marriage counseling, for instance, that's not complicated, really. You know, uh, I mean, sometimes over the years I've, I've done a lot of it. I can't say that it's always succeeded because people still have to listen to what I say because I'm telling them what the Word of God says. But there's times that I want to just listen, and and if the guy's the husband's being a jerk, I just like to say, you're a jerk, knock it off, let's go have pizza. It's not difficult to obey God. It's not complicated to obey God. It's not a mystery. It's You don't need a vision. You don't need a, a dream from heaven. <laughs> it's, it's very simple. Now, what makes it hard is that we don't want to do it. But it's very simple. Stop your lying. Stop your sexual sin. That's simple. Quit treating women like a piece of furniture. When you get done with them, just take them out to the dumps. That's not right. We know it's not right. See, the same law is for the stranger and for the child of God. That's what it says in in Numbers 15, 29. One law for those born among the children of Israel and for the stranger. So, you know, this is, um, and I, and I do get discouraged at times. I told our church today, I do get discouraged. People won't listen to the Word of God. It does discourage me. But I will tell you this, that there are people that have. <laughs> and I'm going to just focus on them. I, gotta, I told the church I got a call Friday night from somebody that just basically told me, thank me for everything. He's a man that doesn't live here in Dickinson anymore. He and his family are living for God out in Michigan. And this man called me on Friday, and he just basically told me, he said, uh, Pastor Bob, he called me. Pastor Simons, he called me. He said, "You uh, on his voicemail, he said, I know you're discouraged about some things. He said, but I want to tell you this. There's a lot of us out here that you helped. And don't forget that. And I hung on to that. Because the only thing that discourages Pastor Bob, really, I mean, the only thing that really discourages me, it's not my health, it's not my age. The only thing that discourages me is I, the people that I've tried to help sometimes, they won't listen. That discourages me. But there are those that have. There's a friend of mine named Carl that's listening tonight out in Michigan. Just him serving God encourages me. A guy that I met in our jail ministry many years ago. He's doing what's right, and it encourages me. The... uh, 
let's see, let me play a little piece of this song here, and then uh, we'll kind of transition to the next part. Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. Just to a painful heart and to kneel before his feet. We saw from God over everything, his nature has proved. There are some things that God cannot do, he can't say no to a sinner. Praise for forgiveness Who cannot remember The sin in my past And he cannot show A greater love Than Calvary to you Oh, the things That God cannot do Oh, the things That God cannot do I'll just jump in on that song a little bit. I, I'm kind of running out of time here. This is Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show. We've got um, just a little bit, a little bit left here. Um, let's see. I got to There we go. Sometimes I have to run controls, think, and talk at the same time. We're talking about the difference between a a um, sinner that through ne- negligence or you know, you know, just um, the the sin, the sin of ignorance or forgetfulness, and then God contrasts that with the sin of um, a presumptuous sin. It says the soul that doeth aught presumptuously, this is Numbers fifteen and thirty, whether he be born in the land or a stranger, the same reproacheth the Lord, and that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Because he has despised the, despised the word of the Lord and hath broken his commandment, that soul shall utterly be cut off. His iniquity shall be upon him. Uh, this word presumptuously in Hebrew means to disobey God's law deliberately and arrogantly, uh, knowing full well the danger involved. The Hebrew literally means to sin with a high hand, as though a person were raising their hand and telling everybody to look at them, look what I'm doing, 
or even shaking their fist at God in his face, um, either way, and and the um, and and telling God, I don't care what you think, I don't care what the Bible says, I'm going to do what I want to do, and I'm going to do what I feel like doing, and I'm going to just you just mind your own business, preacher, because I'm going to do what I want to do. Presumptuous sins are committed by people who have no fear of God. And in the Old Testament, God said that these people that sin like this will be cut off. And um, actually, in those days, even put to death. There was no sacrifices. There was no um, remedy for this, uh, for these high-handed sinners. There was no forgiveness offered that could be offered at an altar with an animal in those days. Uh, there was because their attitude stunk. They didn't. They weren't going to listen to God, uh, and it's a dangerous place to be. And I'm pleading with you tonight on the radio that if this is where you're at, you need to come to God before judgment comes, because there is the sacrifices of Jesus will not cover this type of sin unless you change. You know this type of high-handed sinning, knowing knowing full well what God says, but not doing it, is not the unforgivable sin. But if you die that way, you'll be lost, and your sins won't be forgiven. That's what Hebrews chapter 10 and 25 is, or 10 and 26 is talking about. It says, for if we sin willfully, After that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sin. In other words, this I I really believe Hebrews 10.26 is referencing Numbers 15. This willful sin, this this sin of presumptuous sin, this sin where I know what God said, but I'm going to do what I want to do anyway. There's no sacrifice for that kind of sin. And if we continue to live in willful sin, the sacrifice that Jesus gave on the cross is not going to apply to that. It won't apply to it unless you confess, repent, and turn from your high-handed sin. It says in Hebrews 10.27, but there's only that's what's left is a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. This is this is coming out of Numbers 15, you guys, and also Leviticus 4 and 5 and 6. He said, Of how much sorer punishment, Hebrews 10.29, suppose ye shall you be thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and hath counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and hath done despite unto the Spirit of God. For we know him that hath said, Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of a living God. And what that means is, is when you're walking in that type of sin, it it is very fearful to die that way. I'm going to say it again. This is This may shock you, but the sacrifice of, of Jesus on the cross will not apply to those who will not confess, repent, and turn from their presumptuous sins. 
And if you're living this way right now, you are in a very dangerous place. I believe that God is in the process of cleaning his church to get ready for the millions of people that he's going to bring into it in the last day. I'm not prophesying this, but others have prophesied things like this. But God's intention, God's desire to clean his church is not to kick people out of it. There are, right now, there are people possibly listening to me right now that like me, they they like Pastor Bob, they like listening to me for some reason, but are living, walking contrary to what they know is true and somehow thinking that God will overlook that because he overlooks humanness. Well, God overlooks humanness, he does. But he doesn't overlook presumptuous sins, where you know that you're wrong, you know God's displeased with with it, but you're doing it anyway. You know, I've got a friend that I've tried to talk to over the years that even brags to me about the sin that he does. And then he tries to tell me that, you know, God is a God of mercy and will forgive him. Well, God could forgive him. God is a God of mercy. But his mercy is tied into if we confess our sins to God, if we truly repent, surrender our life, and stop it, then his mercy is there for us. You know, um, in, in, in the book of Acts, there was a there was a time where people were selling their homes and giving to the work of God. It was a kind of a trend going on in the early church. Uh, there's a lot of reasons that that happened. You know, one was Jerusalem was going to be destroyed in a few years, so their their homes and things wouldn't do them any good anyway. Uh, it'd been a lot easier to leave town, you know, with with not owning anything at that point. I don't think God's calling us to do that today. He calls us to give. But there was a couple in that time whose name, the husband and wife named Ananias and Sapphira. And they they um, claimed to have sold their house or their possessions. And they came, Ananias, the husband, came to Peter and said, yeah, we sold our house, you know, for X amount and we're giving it all to the church. But he was lying. And Peter looked at him and said, Why are you lying to the Holy Ghost? Now, whether the Lord showed Peter that he was lying with a supernatural gift, or maybe Peter had, maybe Peter's, uh, maybe they had the same real estate agent. Who knows? I don't know which one it was. Nobody does. But Peter said, You're lying to the Holy Ghost. Well, what next happened next then? was probably a surprise to everybody. But Ananias just dropped dead right then. Later, his wife Sapphira came in, and and Peter said, Did you sell your house for X and X? She said, We sure did. He said, Well, the people that carried your husband's body out are going to carry yours out because you're lying. Well, the Bible said she dropped dead. And... 
the Bible says next that great fear fell on the church. Why? Because there were people that were intentionally lying. They were intentionally disobeying God by lying. You didn't have to sell your house. You didn't have to give it. There was no rule that said that. But they were lying. And number one we learn from that story is don't play games with God. If you sin, just ask God for forgiveness, and if it's against people, ask them for forgiveness. But don't play games with God. He's not into it. Number two, one of the things I've learned from that story is if you're still alive and you're not walking right with God, that must mean there's still a chance for you to repent because he hasn't killed you yet. The name of this program tonight is called The Great Transgression. And where I got my title is in Psalm 19, verses um, 12 through 13. David said, Who can understand his errors? Cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. These are those premeditated, high-handed, bad-attitude sins. Let them not have dominion over me, then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. What is the great transgression? The great transgression is God calling you out of this world to serve him and showing you how to live, and you won't listen. You just go about your own way, your own pride, your own arrogance, your own ideas, and you just do whatever you want. That's the great transgression. God is able to help human frailty. And here again, don't use it as an excuse to sin, but I'm just telling you, we're all humans. You know, Pastor Bob is not going to tell you that I've never been tempted to sin, that I've never done anything wrong since I've come to God. I'm not going to say that. I am a recipient of God's mercy. But I will tell you this. I'm not going to play games with God. When he talks to me, about something I'm doing wrong, I'm going to do something about it. And one of the best things you can do about it is cry out to God for mercy. In that same psalm, Psalm 19, it goes on to talk about how can we know what God's ways are. Well, it says the law of the Lord, the testimony of the Lord, the statutes of the Lord, the commandments of the Lord, the judgments of the Lord. All of these things can... Uh, and then it says, and the fear of the Lord. And some people say, I don't believe in the fear of the Lord. Well, I do. I do. If you're going the wrong way and you don't have a fear, a healthy fear of God, you're in bad shape. Fear of God has saved my bacon. <laughs> it has. I don't know about you. I'm not even ashamed to admit it. But it, he said, these things, he said, by these things your servant is warned. You've heard me say it dozens of times on this program. The grace of God is not a free ticket to sin. 
The grace of God is God's warning to you that you better get right with him. That's the grace of God. The grace of God to Nineveh wasn't anything more than Jonah going there and telling them about God's judgment, and they decided to repent. That's the grace of God. The grace of God is to hear. The grace of God is to be alive. The grace of God is to have enough breath or even thought in your mind to cry out to God and ask for forgiveness. That's the grace of God. I'm preaching to you tonight the grace of God, that if you have high-handed sins in your life, like you're, you're, uh, let's say you're walking in sexual sin tonight. Now, God is the one who invented sex, and he said between one man and one woman in marriage, it's good. God made it. He made it to be specific. He said it's for marriage. Anything outside of that is a sin. And so you say, yeah, preach it, Pastor Bob, against those homosexuals. Well, you're right. That is a sin. But if you're shacking up with your girlfriend, you're no better than they are. If you're shacking up with your boyfriend, you're no better than they are. Don't you think you're, don't you think you're better than they are? Because you're not. You see, the, our, we are, the grace of God, you say, why would you tell, say that on the radio? You, you, you must, you know, you're going to turn people off. I'll tell you what, I'm not turning them off at the jail. <laughs> and I feel like having a Holy Ghost fit right now. I'm not turning them off at the jail. Today, Brother Kyle preached up at the jail. He came from an incredible life of just disaster. We met him at the jail. And now he's back up there preaching at the jail. And nobody got mad at him today. They're they're like, tell us more. We want we want to get out of here, and we want to get right with God. It's the Word of God that not only warns us, but the Bible says in in Psalm nineteen. That's where I'm at right now. It's it says it says that it in keeping of them there is great reward. You want to live a good life? Throw your liquor out the window. You think you're drinking making you happy? If you have to drink to be happy, you know there's something wrong with your happy maker. The ways of God are are for our own good. They are. And it's and the and the ways of God are more to be desired than gold than much fine gold, sweeter also than the honey and the honeycomb, Psalm 19. You know, if you have, if you are living in open defiance to God, I want to warn you, I lately in my life, and maybe because I'm getting a little older, but a lot of these people aren't old, but lately in my life, I have been preaching at a lot of funerals. And it's escalating more and more and more. Uh, unfortunately or fortunately, I, I have preached a lot of, spoken at a lot of funerals over the years. Many times there are even people from my jail ministry that didn't have a church. Many times they were drug overdoses. There's been suicides. Uh, there's been um, death by just unhealthy living due to sin. There's been, of course, other 
other types of funerals that I've conducted too. I'm not tired of it, but there's no sense in dying lost when you're alive right now, you're hearing my voice, the rules are the same for everybody. God will show you what to do, make the first step, get right with God. You know, it's not complicated, it really isn't. There's a man up at our jail right now, and I'm, you know, I just hesitate to say the names because, you know, I'm sure his crime was committed here in town. But he's getting out probably in June. And he's he's tried to walk with God all of his life, and he's never succeeded. And he told me today, I've never went to church. I've never consistently went to church. I never had anybody tell me to go to church. And he said, and I'll be there, and I know he'll be there. Because the stranger, if he hears the voice of God and does it, He's in the same boat that Pastor Bob, who's been listening to the voice of God for 45 years. You know, there there is a lot of people texting me tonight. I don't know. I, I, some of this looks pretty good, too, but I'm, I'm going to have to kind of move forward here. There's a difference between innocent, ignorant sin and presumptuous sin, but remember this. You could be lost over both of them. You really could. David prayed to be cleansed from his secret faults, even the ones he didn't even know, the sins that he was not even aware of, the errors that he didn't even understand. That's why the Word of God cuts like a knife because it opens us up to to see us the way we really are so we can actually repent. I mean, there are people that don't even know they're wrong and are so dead wrong with God. But when the word of God is preached, (coughs) you know, do you have a good attitude when you're wrong? Can you laugh at yourself and just say, you know what? I'm wrong. I'm going to change. I'm guilty. Don't be guilty, though, of the great transgression. That's the sin of high-handedness, the sin of, you know, just I don't really care what God thinks. I don't really care what God says. There are things that terrify me. Now, I, I have a fear of God in my own life. You know, Pastor Bob has been walking this walk for 45 years, but I'm going to tell you this. I'm not so stupid to think, that I couldn't be deceived. I could be. I think that's something that we all should be concerned about. But I'm also terrified for other people. When I watch them not do what's right and hold on to certain areas, whether it's bitterness or whatever it is, they hold on to it, they hold on to it, they hold on to it. It terrifies me because death has become very real to me lately. And it's not because I have some kind of incurable disease, but it seems like I'm just watching people drop around me 
And many of them are not right with God. And there's others that are alive that it's obvious that they're not right with God. Don't be another statistic of presumptuous sin. Get right with God now. You know, we just had a young man just today. He he moved back, used to be part of our church, hasn't been to church for probably two years. And just yesterday at a rally in Bismarck, went forward to pray and seek after God. He was in church this morning. You see, he's got it right. Get right with God now. You know, there was a there was a cartoon years ago of, of a man in a casket. And the, the caption read, Harry finally straightened out and went to church. Rigor mortis is not the way we're supposed to straighten out. Come and visit us this week. New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our service Wednesday nights at 730 Sunday mornings at 10 is Sunday school. 11 is our worship service on Sunday, 501 Elks Drive. We've been having a men's Bible study at McDonald's, of all places, at 10 after 6 on on uh, Friday mornings, 10 after 6 in the morning. We had a great Bible study last week. Uh, we've got a church in Beulah. We've got a church in Bowman Beach, Newtown, uh, Minot, uh, Bismarck, Mandan. Got churches all over here. We can get you in touch with those. Lord Jesus, tonight I pray for our listening audience. God, I pray that tonight as they heard your word, that they'll do something about it. They'll realize that that hearing your word and being allowed to hear your word is, is the grace and mercy of God and a great privilege. Lord, and I pray that they take advantage of this. Lord, you know, I don't know, Lord, who I'm speaking to tonight really, but you know. And God, I ask you to reach them. Soften their heart. Take away this hard heart from their life. I just pray in the name of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Next week at 806 Mountain, tune in for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. God bless. I was walking to a mayor's Talking of all these things which had happened A man drew near Said, what's the sad story? Oh, ye fools And slow of heart to believe Ought not Christ to suffer and enter his glory. And I heard the word. I heard the word. I heard the word. The next step was up to me. I was driving to Ethiopia. Had not found what I was looking for So I checked Isaiah To see where it could be A runner joined along Asked if I understood what I was 
reading. I said, how can I? Except some man should guide me. And I heard the word. I heard the word. I heard the word. I heard the word. The next step was up to me. wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website www.holyghostradio.com 
The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.